When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Hey now. Hey now. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. We're about to talk about Doug Ford, everybody, and those are traditionally our biggest episodes. So that's coming up in minutes. But first off, what a day you've got today. I've got a big day. Yeah, I've got a big day. It's, it, it all begins today anyway. I, you guys, you guys, listeners know, um, you guys have known for longer than, the, you know, the gen pop, if you will, that I uh, am one of the text-to-speech options on TikTok. And I let it, the world know recently and I'm finally going to be starting to do some interviews. I've had so many requests. It's stupid. Um, and I'm getting some help with that. So I'm so appreciative to the people that are helping me out with that, that do this for a living, the publicity thing. And the one of the first requests I got, one of the first requests I received for an interview, for them to interview me, is Ryan Seacrest. That's so cool. And so uh, to have to tell Ryan at the time, like, can you just hang on? I promise I'll give you a date, but I'm very busy was hard. But finally, we're making it work. So today I'm going to be on air with Ryan Seacrest on the show. And I believe Sissany and Tanya are going to be on with us as well. I'm talking about that. So if you're interested, uh, you know what? Don't even worry about trying to fumble around and try to find it. I'll I'll repost some stuff. They're really good on their social platforms, too, of posting these uh, videos and it will be on video as well. Uh, so I'll make sure to share that with you guys. Love that. Maybe even play some for you in the podcast or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. It's weird because you're going to be trending today because anyone who's on the Seacrest show does because, I mean, it's got a massive audience. It's weird to think that tomorrow morning you may have to cover yourself as the trending story on 91.5 during the morning show. Do I do that? Is that weird, though? I think it's amazing. I think it's weird. It Today's st- top trending story is me. me. Like That's so, I can't, I don't know if I could do that. That's kind of weird. Are you liking this new uh, fame and attention and the insane amount of followers you're getting? Or is it starting to get annoying? Okay, it's definitely not getting annoying to me at all. It's not that. I knew what I was signing up for when I decided to let people know it was me officially. I mean, there's a, I had so many DMs over the last, what, year and a half? It's been like a year and a half since my voice went live on there. And I've just kind of been trying to figure out what I want to do with that. And I decided it. So, yeah, I mean, I knew that it might be uh, something, uh, but I didn't think it would blow up to this extent. So, no, I don't hate it. I'm I'm looking forward to chatting with people about it. And I like that people have reached out. Everybody from um, hopefully everybody will join in. I'm going to have a, a bit a lot of interviews this week. We'll just put it that way. I have a lot of stuff on the go for this week, but I promise I will be here for the podcast probably every day. We'll see. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's just once this part of it is, is done, I know it's going to be a little more chill and I don't know. It's kind of neat. I've, I've had a couple of opportunity proposals sent my way and I think that that's kind of fun. They're all kind of fun and lighthearted. It's positive, right? And we need some positive fun stuff in the world. Has Elon Musk asked you to be the speech to text girl for an eventual Twitter feature? Not yet. No, no, I have not heard from Elon Musk. Give I don't us a think call, they would, Elon. I don't think Give they would do call. that. I don't think that they would do that. <laughs> 
By the way, I know Elon Musk has just run around doing nothing but piss everybody off for a, a week to 10 days now, but I will say that what he did yesterday was great. And, and Kathy Griffin's account needed to be suspended. Anybody who impersonates another account and mm-hmm. doesn't clearly specify, I'm not this person, this is a parody account, is going to lose their account. Yeah. No more screwing around, impersonating, dragging good people's names through the mud and all that sort of stuff. Go on there and do whatever you want to do, but don't try and make fun of or hurt someone else. Yeah. And that's the thing. And I think that there's a big, there's, I know there's a difference there because I've seen parody accounts that do it well. They have fun with it. It's more lighthearted. It's not trying to make fun of that person. But you see like quotes from not Barack Obama or something like that. So you know it's not Barack Obama. But they'll say things that are like kind of witty and funny, something that you think Barack Obama might think, but it's not coming from Barack. So there's ways to do it that it's funny. And probably those celebrities and those people would think it was funny, I think. But then you have accounts that are just, like you said, it's kind of like it gets mean. It gets draggy. People also aren't very smart sometimes. So they'll see that and they'll think it's actually coming from Elon Musk, like Kathy Griffin's account was switched to Elon Musk. So all those things, I mean, it's not okay, especially when you have that blue check mark, because people would trust that you're verified in one way or another, mm-hmm. obviously, although he's changing that apparently. But yeah, like, come on with that crap. Don't one, do it. One thing I would point out here is there's one account that it's really hard to tell. If you're just skimming through, it would fool you almost every time. There's an account called Justin Trudeau's Ego. And if you follow that account, they write things in exactly the way that his PR people write things, but it's completely off of what Uh, the prime minister's messaging is. So great example, could fool some people. That's the sort of stuff that this is going to weed out. Oh, yes, it will. So, yeah, it'll be it'll be quick, too. Apparently, they went through thousands of accounts and suspended a thousand, like thousands of them over the weekend. Good. Yeah. I, I'm totally I'm, fine I'm with fine that. I'm fine with it, too. You know, and the, and the other thing is, Clean I, it up. like I said, sometimes they do it, it right, I suppose, if you even like parody accounts. Those who do it well, and, and everybody's understanding that it's a joke, and, and these people are just far, taking these stories and making them far-fetched, it's good. But when you're actually straight up attempting to impersonate someone, find your own fucking thing. Thing. Find your identity. Find your voice. Stop trying to piggy te- piggy back off of somebody else's. I, it's a it's annoying. Sorry, this is coming from me, who's had people try to copycat my account. But anyway, go okay, ahead. let's uh, let's go to what happened today. Over the weekend, the Ontario government was at the Labor Relations Board trying to have the CUPE education workers strike deemed illegal. And for whatever reason, the Ontario Labor Relations Board is incapable of making this important decision before the start of school this week. So we still don't know, as we record now, if they're officially going to say it's illegal. But Doug is getting it on all ends. Reports say that Doug had some internal polling that showed people would support him if he did what he's done. As it turns out, polling is as accurate as it ever was because that's not true. Why do we go off polling? Make it stop. People are very, very angry that Doug Ford would use the notwithstanding clause again. Second time he's used it. Third time he's threatened it to end a labor dispute. It's crazy that he would do this. So now he apparently is feeling the heat and getting ready for the entire province organized labor to walk off the job next Monday in solidarity with the CUPE union. The countdown is on to get a deal done because we can't have the whole province shut down just because Doug wanted to play this card. I still can't believe he did that. It's so infuriating that he would just casually nonchalant throw around something as important as the 
notwithstanding clause, paving the way for future premiers to do it, by the way, of any political stripe. It was ridiculous and irresponsible to do it. So now Doug has to come out and do a bit of a mea culpa. Let's play a little bit of Doug's news conference from this morning. ...have taken a toll on kids' mental, physical, and emotional health. Test scores have fallen. Parents are exhausted. A generation of students are struggling. Also worth pointing out that that's half because he closed schools more than any other jurisdiction in North America over the last two years. I mean, that wasn't a QP thing. It wasn't an ETFO thing yeah, no, or an SS- OSSTF thing. <laughs> I'm like QP for the COVID shutdowns. Come on. Doug, you yourself shut down the schools more than anybody else in North America. So that's part of the reason for that. Students need stability. They should be in the classroom with their teachers. Parents deserve nothing less. I want nothing more. So over the past three months, our government has been at the table with QP. We've been in discussions with all education unions. The entire team, our goal has been clear, to keep students in class. We've put forward a fair and reasonable offer an offer that provides the largest increase in compensation for education workers in over a decade and protects the most generous benefits and pension plan in the entire country, along with 131 paid sick days. Okay, so when you hear Doug say that, and I don't think he's far off on that, I really don't. But what I'm wondering is, if you put forward that good a proposal, why did you need to use the notwithstanding clause? Because I have to think that if it's that good a proposal, an arbitrator would agree with you. If you go and say, hey, listen, the numbers, the 39 grand, that's fantasy in a lot of cases because we're talking in many cases about part-time workers who hourly are making a very good wage, are... are are you worried that the apparently amazing offer that you put forward would get rejected by the mediator? Because the mediator takes all that stuff into account. Why did you need to go down the road for the notwithstanding clause? That's what has a lot of people, including a lot of conservatives, very angry at their own premier here. Yeah. All we asked for was that they remove their threat to strike so kids could stay in class. For their part, QP demanded a nearly 12% annual raise. When combined with all other benefits, QP was demanding a nearly 50% increase in compensation. Does everybody understand how that works? That's 12% this year, 12% next year, 12%, 12%. It would be 48% in increase over the four years. That's where he's getting the 50% from. When QP didn't get what they were demanding, they gave notice they were going on strike. The times we find ourselves in after pandemic disruptions, it's an unprecedented situation that requires unprecedented solutions. That's why when a strike threatened further disruptions to close down schools, our government took action to stop the strike. We introduced the Keeping Students in Class Act, 
legislation meant to protect the right of kids to stay in class, to learn and prepare for their future. And we used the notwithstanding clause to ensure that happened. I know that it has been controversial. I've always respected the right of workers to fair and free bargaining. But QP refused to take strike action off the table, even when those strikes were illegal. I want to be clear. We didn't make the decision to introduce legislation lightly. We were left with no choice. See, and that's where I, he's lost me here. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> I don't understand why this needed the notwithstanding clause, and I really don't understand why you had no other choice. Where did the conversation go about simply making education an essential service? Because that also would have achieved, uh, achieved the same goal without this strike that happened here. And the workers, hey, they're just out there defending their rights. They have a right to collective bargaining. They have a right to strike. And, and in this case, Doug tried to take that away before they even walked. So I understand why people are quite angry. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people out picketing now instead of teaching. There's thousands of parents that can't get anything done because they again have to be home with their kids. Well, and, and okay, so here, question for you then. Based on what happened today, I don't know if you're planning to play more of this or if we need to, but what happens next do oh. they can because we're hearing they're con- that no matter what th- what I'm hearing anyways prepare for this all week minimum. See, and I heard they're going back on Wednesday, no matter what. See, and I heard all week. I don't. And that's the, the staff thing is, were told Wednesday. Okay, the staff in, inside the boards were told Wednesday. Okay, interesting because I had heard for the week be prepared for this. So, I, and I don't know. Um, I I just you know what it's they're absolutely right. Those who are striking right now that they're not they're not getting what they're worth. Um, generally speaking, though, a lot of people that are working in the schools are not getting what they should and what they're worth. Well, he, before- Absolutely. So I, I understand the fight. But I also understand as a parent of, of a child who right now is not in school because of this, I also understand the frustration from the parent side. But there's there's got to be a way that the government can work with this. There has to be. There I, has to be. There's just a little bit more where he's going to offer to re- withdraw his own notwithstanding clause uh-huh. and and think that that will solve the problem. I really don't know that it will, but a couple of things. Governments really, really need to stop so casually taking away people's rights. You've got to stop. Doug, you went to the well one too many times on this one, my friend. I don't know who told you it was a good idea to use the notwithstanding clause for this, but I can't imagine this was even unanimous in your own caucus because it was wildly inappropriate to use the notwithstanding clause for this, which is basically a get-out-of-jail-free card for the premier. I think he thought his buddy Justin would have his back, and he did not. As soon as Justin Trudeau got the opportunity, he threw Doug as far under the bus as he could. Now the prime minister is saying he's going to look into what he can do to try and stop Doug from doing this. Well, your buddy screwed you over, Doug. He did not have your back. And you're out there all alone with even your own party members wanting to disassociate themselves from this because it's not appropriate at all. So what's your next step? Maybe you can right a wrong and take it off the table. Let's hear the proposal. Our desire has always been and remains to negotiate in good faith, to land agreements with education union partners. I'm proud of the work and the relationships our government has built with organized labor 
over the past four years. As a gesture of good faith, our government is willing to rescind the legislation. We're willing to rescind Section 33, but only if QP agrees to show a similar gesture of good faith by stopping their strike and letting our kids back into their classrooms. I urge QP to continue to talk with us at the bargaining table. We're willing to make a fair deal, one that offers more help for lower income workers. Okay. No matter what deal the government proposes, at this point, the government has lost all leverage. They lost the room. No one is on their side at this point. Sorry, very few are on their side in this current state. And the union has all the bargaining power now. They don't have to take that deal. They can strike until Doug just caves and gives them what they want. I think they thought they could order the school boards that are closing their schools, figure it out, figure out how to do it without ECEs and EAs. Open up. We must have the schools open. And now the school boards have told them, no, we can't do that. We need these people. So Doug is between a rock and a hard place. I don't know if the union's going to accept that offer, but I, I think that they would actually be silly to accept the offer because right now things are going their way. Unless Doug wants to, on top of everything else, start levying $4,000 fines against people that make $40,000 a year, I don't don't think this is going to land his way. That's not going to happen. You know what I mean? That's not going to happen. You can threaten it all you want, but what's the outcome going to be there? That's not going to work. Doug, this whole thing was uh, preventable. It was avoidable. You again have abused the notwithstanding clause, which was never intended for this. And now you are up shit's creek here. I think the only thing that can save Doug right now is the union themselves. If the union wants to throw him some line, they probably could walk this back. But let's keep in mind here. And again, I'm just calling him the way I see him. I always try and be fair. Doug screwed this right up from the start. Stephen Lecce screwed this up from the start. It was heavy handed. They thought they had the public on their side. And that wasn't true. And it rarely is when things come to labor disruptions. Usually the public will find a way to side with the workers, enough of them anyway, to make this politically unadvantageous for the province. So I I don't know what they thought was going to get accomplished with this, but it backfired. Doug, this is a major embarrassment. You guys need to figure it out and get kids back to school ASAP. And if it costs us more than it would have doing the actual proper collective bargaining, that's on you. Maybe the PC party of Ontario should make up the difference to the taxpayers because right now there's a lot of people getting screwed over. And that blanket check that they sent out two weeks ago to go get tutoring supports, a lot of people are speculating that was a bribe. We'll send people money and then they won't care. They'll think that we're the education people. That didn't get you any goodwill. You just pissed away millions and millions and millions of dollars for no reason. Mm-hmm. You the guys are running roughshod, and it's not working here. The amount of money they piss away for no good reason is is actually pretty astounding when you look at it through the years. And then you look at what they could have done to make this thing work, like big picture. You know, you could do better. You and guys I hope need you do. to do better. And I hope you do. You still there's There's still time. You know what I mean? There's still time. Walk it back. Make it right. Promise you're not going to do this shit again. No more of this. Stop throwing around the notwithstanding clause, a tool of our constitution that was meant for many different things than this. Stop screwing around with it. Do not do that again. It's getting to be way too much and people are angry in case you guys can't read the room. Families have a lot going on. 
Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Saturday night, I had dinner at a Lionhead Golf Club in Brampton. I was hosting the Georgetown District Hospital Foundation's annual gala. How'd that go? It was a good night. There was a lot of people. One of the things that I really liked about that is when I do these galas, these big fundraisers, typically they tend to be very corporate. It's Mm -hmm. the corporate citizens in that community. For example, last weekend, I did the Milton Hospital Gala and so many tables bought up by big corporate sponsors like... Scotiabank, RBC, Madame Homes, and they'll buy tables and then just give out the tickets to staff. Go sure. have a good time. Yeah, enjoy the dinner, whatever. Yep. One of the things that I really like about small towns like Georgetown is, and the Georgetown Hospital is under a huge crunch. They got themselves a great hospital there. The problem is they're right next to Brampton, and Brampton is busy at the best of times. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Brampton and Mississauga and Milton people go up and use their hospital. They get the overflow, right? Yeah. And I mean, you know, if you have a town with 80,000 people, your hospital should be able to handle that. No problem. But when you start bringing in all the outliers from everywhere else, it's hard to get into your own hospital. And one of the things that I loved was how many members of the community were there. There were whole neighborhoods that organized a a limo bus so they could do a pre-drink and then take them over to the party and then presumably continue the party when they got home. Great. But one of the things that was great about it was I was sitting uh, with the Speaker of the House, MPP Ted Arnott. And Ted's a great guy. I've known him for many, many years. And I leaned across the table to him. And it was kind of a talk, an awkward subject because, as you know, my girlfriend is an education worker. And Ted's wife is a teacher. <laughs> so I leaned over his wife and I said, Ted, best guess. Do you think kids are going to be in school on Tuesday? And he laughed very briefly and said, "Um, let me put it to you this way, Scott. We've known each other for a lot of years. And one of the things that I'm sure you know is I don't have a crystal ball. And I'm not going to speculate a guess, but I do know that kids have to get back to school. And he's absolutely right. So Mm -hmm. the speaker's on this. We've got the union on this. Apparently now Doug and Stephen Lecce are ready to engage. So let's hope a deal gets done. Because right now, the biggest loser in all of this is kids. They are always the collateral damage. And everybody says it's for the kids. We don't want to screw over the kids. Yet the kids every single fucking time get screwed over. And it's maddening. Oh, I had a little mini silent auction crisis on the weekend too. Oh, yeah. I have a strategy when I go into these silent auctions that I uh, I bid on as many things as I might be interested in, 
right at the beginning. And then I just watch as I slowly get outbid. But my name will always be at the top of that <laughs> silent auction sheet. And people will look around and say, whoa, Scott doing his part to support. Look at that. Even though you're bidding the smaller, the minimal amount, right? Is that what you go in for like the minimum? Right. But yeah, it looks yeah. like because I bid on so much that I'm supporting, even though it didn't actually cost me anything because I always get outbid. <laughs> I almost uh, ended oh. up with a, a weird Mexican dinner for eight people in my own home. Okay. That, that sounds would be, cool, though. What do you mean a weird Mexican dinner? Like, is, was there like a chef preparing it that actually knows what they're doing? I assume he's Mexican. Yeah, and a chef. I, would, I would think so. And, and he would come over and cook up this gourmet dinner with some beautiful tequila to oh, pair with it yes. and all that sort of thing. Oh, I love that. The problem is I don't want to buy a $3,000 dinner for my oh. friends. And if I had won that, could I tell people, hey- big chef experience at my place this weekend and you're invited come on over but it'll cost you 500 bucks yeah. a plate i yeah. can't do that to my friends no not after the fact but you know what i would do i would i would text that night and be like here's the deal mexican feast here chef prepared all the tequila we can handle would you want to go in on this with me and how much would you be willing to put up and that's what i'd probably do i'm that person but for three grand, I could fly to Mexico. Yeah, that's the thing. I could with to, yeah. so one or two people for a full week, depending on the time of year, of course, and where we stay, I could get that authentic Mexican experience for probably less money than that. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I would be one to bid on that, but that's a cool. I mean, that's a cool thing to do, though. Could you imagine? That's balling. Like, come over, and then you just have someone catering the whole thing in your own home. I, I've done that before, though. I hear you because I've done this before. You and I have been part of many galas and fundraisers throughout the years. And I did that and I ended up with a couple of tables. I really didn't need, but I thought someone would outbid me and they didn't. Ah, it was a good, again, it was a good cause. I have no problem giving to the cause and I wouldn't have written, wrote my name down there if I didn't like them. But I thought, fuck, I won both. I didn't just win one side uh, table. I won two side tables. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. They're still in my home if anyone wants any sight. <laughs> Can we talk about My what husband makes furniture is the most fucked up part. I brought them home in the back of my car. I opened up the truck. And I'm like, side tables. He's like, I fucking make those. Like, what the <laughs> hell did you bid on those? I don't know. So I'm thinking maybe I'll, I'll donate them to a charity fundraiser. They're still like intact. Haven't used them at all in my storage. So I'm thinking I'll do that. Cause I'm like, what am I going to do with this? Did you pay a lot for them? It wasn't that bad. I think it was like, uh, it was like 400 bucks or something like that in total. Not, not terrible. That, not that bad for two. It wasn't that bad. Can we talk about what you did on Friday? Oh, yes, we can. Sure. I went to- Kat came in this morning. It's like a whole bunch of, of people say hi. Yeah. And I thought, oh, cool. And I had no idea where you were. I thought you were just at home having a party. So I went to uh, an event and it's actually a new, a new team of people who do this. They're called Grand River Pride. And I grew up in Cambridge. So this event took place in Cambridge and it happened to headline one of my good friends growing up Real name, Adam, drag name, Miss Mosu, and Miss Mosu is fabulous, actually uh, competed on this past season of Canada's Drag Race, didn't win, but my gosh, like what a, what a fun time. I, so I'd never been to a drag show in my life until Friday. I did not know, and I shouldn't even call this a drag show because it was, um, it was comedy. There were performers as well. There's musical acts. So it's like a variety Stand show. Stand-up comedians, kind of a variety show, yeah. And then Miss Mosu was uh, the headliner for the evening. And so the place was packed. We went to uh, EVO or Evo Kitchen, depending on what you like to call it, uh, downtown Gaul. And they have this uh, room upstairs where they do these functions. And so me and a bunch of 
friends from elementary where we know and and high school as well all got a table at this event and it was really entertaining. It was a really fun time. So what was it they were they were doing? I mean, what did Miss... Uh, uh, remind Mosu? Me the, Mosu. What was Miss Mosu's big attraction? Was it comedy? Was it a... Uh, a dramatic interpretation, a, a song and dance routine. Perform everything like song and dance, and um, let me see everything in between. C- comedy. I mean, wow, good here, looking. Let me- oh, uh, you threw your too phone. far. You're too far. How am I supposed to reach you? Hang Normal on. length Hang arms on. will reach that far. <laughs> no, I just want to see. Uh- oh yeah. Wait, the promo there in front of the TTC and everything. Very yeah. good. Very good. So very good. Uh, fun, in between, very funny, actually, because we grew up We grew up in, in Cambridge. At a, we went to a Catholic school. So Adam growing up in a, in a Catholic environment, knowing that he was gay as well and didn't come out until after the fact, it made for the best comedy. It was a lot of like inside baseball that night. Because me and my friends, as I mentioned, we all had a table there. And so he was talking about and chirping um, some events from the past. And it was great. I was laughing my ass off. And then and then he turned and he said, I am, I was the biggest star to ever come out of Cambridge until this bitch. And he looked right at me. Oh. Put me on blast in front of everybody for being the voice of TikTok. Made me say some things into the microphone, which are vulgar and I loved it. And uh, yeah, so it was anyway, it was a really, really, really fun night. But Grant, I would definitely recommend if you were curious about seeing a show, there's so many shows. You can follow uh, Miss Mosu on Instagram and also Grand River Pride at Grand River Pride. And it's Miss M-I-S-S-M-O-C-O. Always a fun show. Would I like a show like this? Because I've never been to a drag show, but I certainly see them advertised all the time. I mean, I, I can't I can't answer that for you. you you'd it's very entertaining. Honestly, I did not know what to expect. I thought, what, like, is it just dancing? Is it singing? It was everything. Oh, and one of the, one of the performers was fantastic um, and played the violin or the fiddle. I'm sorry. It was the fiddle. Fuck. I can't figure out the difference between them. That's but not played, the same thing. Played a fiddle. No, it's not the same thing, I guess. And was so good. Actually went to school uh, at University of Waterloo for it. So like, this is like real quality entertainment. I was very entertained. I would definitely go to a show again. It was a fun time. Very good. Uh, Two more things I want to get to. The moon is what we will end on in a few. But first off, yesterday I did it. I put up my Christmas lights. Mm -hmm. And and I put up a picture on Twitter and boom, in came the hate. And we talked about it on our radio show this morning. Text message hate comes in after that. It's disrespectful to the veterans to put up your Christmas lights before Remembrance Day. I agree with you. Somewhat. Somewhat. I think you put up your Christmas lights when you get the window. We got a gift of a weekend. It was 24 degrees at one point Mm -hmm. on Saturday. If you think I'm going to ignore 24 degrees in favor of waiting for zero or one or two degrees with a fucking wind chill to put up my Christmas lights, not a chance. So I did put up my Christmas lights. I'm not turning them on until after Remembrance Day. I turned them on briefly last night to check and make sure everything was lined up, and it looks beautiful. looks great, by the way. Check it out. It looks great. Thank you. Scott Fox on air on Instagram. 
but I'm still getting these messages from people that are complaining that I put up my Christmas lights before Remembrance Day. Mm-hmm. Am I not allowed to do that even if they're not on? Look, you ask, you're asking me and I have a pretty strong opinion on this that you can most definitely do that if that's what you want to do. That's what I thought. I've had this, I've had this happen to me before too. You're not the only one. I put up my Christmas tree this weekend. I put up the one in the living room and we decorated it. I put all of the stuff, all of my Christmas stuff up on my shelves. I took down all the Halloween stuff. I put up all the Christmas stuff. I've got the garland up. There's still some stuff I have to buy. Uh, and it get a few things I have to do. Haven't done the lights yet, but I did everything inside and I've done it before and I've shared it before. And it was previous to November 11th. And I received the exact same thing. Like that's disrespectful. You should take that down. You shouldn't do that. I still many, many years, many years after I've talked about doing this before Remembrance Day have yet to have a conversation with someone where their argument has swayed me to a different opinion. And here's why. Are we seriously that incredibly unfocused of a society that I can't put up my Christmas tree, which makes me happy and my entire family happy, Mm -hmm. put up Christmas lights if that's what you want to do, which makes, again, me happy. And how many things in life can make you truly happy right now? That are free. That are free, that make you feel good, that can make potentially make other people feel good. How can I not do all of that that makes me feel so good and happy for, yes, more than two months? And also be so focused on that that I can't focus on Remembrance Day at the same time. Like, no, my Christmas tree's up. I can't put a poppy on. That's not fucking true. I can absolutely stop down. We can absolutely have these conversations that are important on November 11th. I can actually absolutely respect veterans, of which are in my family, by the way, and have no problem with Christmas decorations being up because it's about freedom and it's about happiness and it's not hurting anybody. So for me... If that's your opinion, you do you. But I'm putting my shit up. I'm putting my lights on if I want to. Because again, it makes me happy and I'm not hurting anyone. I'm still going to be honoring the vets. We are still we still have stuff that we're going to be doing on our radio show, for example, to honor the vets. We're there for it. So I completely disagree. And again, I have yet to have somebody come up to me and have a proper conversation that makes me go, fuck, I changed my mind. Many years later, I'm still doing it. Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to keep them off. Until after Remembrance Day, and then I'm going to go full-blown Christmas. It's going to be a weird year for a lot of people just with the state of the economy. So I'm going to enjoy at least the season Mm -hmm. as much as I can. And part of the way I do that is with the lights. But one of the reasons, it was also one of the reasons that I was able to talk my girlfriend into allowing me to make such a large purchase was I got smart lights. So tell me if this is inappropriate. I think it would be nice if on Remembrance Day I lit the entire house red like the poppy. And I can do that because I can change the color of every one of those 3,000 bulbs that are on my house right now. Which is cool. Can I do that on Remembrance Day? It's just light up the place red. I'm good with it. But I'm not, I don't have the same opinion a lot of other people do. I have an unpopular opinion that you can fucking do it tonight if you want to. Well, I thought that this is practical with these lights because I can do it pink on Valentine's Day and I can do it, I don't know, orange on Orange shirt day. That's So you're going to keep them up all year? I do plan to. Well, half of them, because some of them I got colored floodlights. Some of them I got colored strand lights. And I don't know if I'll leave the strand yeah, lights the on. Color, that's the thing is in the daytime, the color ones really stick out. Yes. They really do. The ones that look clear or um, maybe a solid color that you, you wouldn't really, that doesn't catch your eye. But when they're multicolored or something, they're very... In the daytime, it doesn't look good, does it? Because it catches the sun and sparkles. It's like those inflatables during the day when you don't plug them in and they just kind of flop to the ground. Like they look like Frosty when he melted in the greenhouse. Gross and flapping around in the wind. They look great when they're up. (laughs) I just realized that 
That sounds dirty. Not a girl. <laughs> Before we go, everyone, science time. A blood moon is going to rise tonight and it's going to be visible where we are. This is a cosmic event that occurs, for those who don't know, when the sun, earth, and moon are perfectly aligned. The only sunlight that reaches the lunar surface is what passes through Earth's atmosphere. The more dust in our atmosphere, the redder the moon is. So it's going to appear reddish. That's why they call it a blood moon. It's the November full moon, which makes it the beaver moon. It's a beaver blood moon, which sounds gross, but cool. A little bit. So we are going to eclipse the moon, and that's going to hit totality at 5.50 tomorrow morning, when we're on the radio doing our morning show. They say it'll be a copper red moon visible to the naked eye, and you'll be able to see the entire eclipse unfold before the sun comes up. Mm. Uh, what a great way to spend your drive to work tomorrow. That's going to look real cool. Anybody who's got to drive east tomorrow for any extended amount of time between, say, 5.45 a.m. and about 7 a.m. is going to get one hell of a show. Enjoy. We will be back tomorrow with another episode of After 9 and the latest on the antics of Doug fucking Ford. Fuck you, Doug! <laughs> right here. On After BFF 9. coming up tomorrow. <laughs> Have a great day, guys. The latest jobs report shows that last month, the U.S. economy added over 200,000 jobs. We'll see about that, said Elon Musk. <laughs> the MTA just released a new subway bingo game to make riding the train a fun experience. <laughs> yeah, the bingo card has things like escalator, wooden bench, and businessman getting kicked in the face by a breakdancer. It's, it's fun. <laughs> A linguistics expert has released a list of the most beautiful-sounding baby names, with the top spots once again going to Matthew and Sophia, while the worst-sounding names are Moist and Slurp. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it.